there and you're very welcome to the programme. Well, coming up in the next hour, as the Make-A-Wish charity marks its 30th anniversary, we'll hear of the remarkable joy it can bring to a sick child's life from Professor Brian McCraw and his son, Dr Owen McCraw, who as a 12-year-old boy had his greatest wish granted. Also today, following his sellout appearance at the Dorky Book Festival yesterday, I'll be chatting with one of the UK's most successful and forthright broadcasters, LBC's James O'Brien. And we'll have great music and chat from the highly acclaimed folk duo, brothers Brian and Jermyn McLynn from Ye Vagabonds. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything featured on the show. You can text us to 51551. You can email Miriam at rt.ie or you can tweet at Miriam O'Cal. Well, first this morning, this year marks the 30th anniversary of Make-A-Wish Ireland, a charitable organisation that grants the wishes of children with life-threatening medical conditions to bring hope, strength and happiness. A wish granted can be truly magical for a child, providing respite from their normal routines of hospitals, doctors and treatment. Well, to talk to us a little more about the incredible difference they make, I'm joined here in studio by Dr Owen McCraw, who as a 12-year-old boy had his wish granted and by his dad, who is, of course, well known to us all, former DCE president and head of our vaccination programme in Ireland, Professor Brian McCraw. Good morning to you both. Morning. morning, Lovely to have you both here. Owen, first of all, can I come to you? Take us back and tell me, you know, how old you were when you first became unwell and what was the nature of your illness? Sure. Um, So I was 12 years old and it was the summer leaving primary school and going into secondary school. So very exciting summer. It was really good weather. I spent all of it outside with my friends. And I remember um, at some stage I started kind of having double vision. And one of my friends had been away on holidays and he came back after after a period of not seeing me. And he said, you know, there's, your eyes aren't symmetrical. He's, he's the one that noticed kind of a lump under one of my eyes. Wow. So um, we went to my GP, Martin O'Flynn in Port Marnock, who sent me straight in for assessment <clears throat> in the Matter and t- uh, Temple Street. And that's when they found a tumour under the eye, uh, which had been growing there for a few weeks. Um, and they really quickly, like the, the care I got, they booked me straight in for surgery. Um, I was with a, a surgeon, Mr. Fulcher, there who removed the tumour. Um, and then they sent me out to Crumlin, um, where I was brought in to chat about the results and what it was. So they told me it was a thing called a rhabdomyosarcoma, um, which they told me was a, a, a rare and aggressive tumour. Um, and from there, I was I was looked after. The care in Crumlin was great. I was looked, I was looked after by uh, Finn Brannock, who was the consultant mm. oncologist there, looked after Brilliant me. Brilliant doctor. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was just so great at communicating with kids. Um so I had the rest of my treatment there, which was a couple of months of horrible chemotherapy. And um, at the same time, I was out in St. Luke's in Rathgar for radiotherapy. Um, and so that took me from about the age of 12 up to 13 until all that, that treatment was completed. That must have been a worrying time, Brian, for you and your wife. Yeah, for, for Catherine and myself, it was the, the darkest of, of dark times. Um, I think any parent that's been through this knows how, how bleak it can be. And as I think, it, I don't know, it was Finn Bernard, but certainly one of the consultants said to us, like, you just don't know, is your plane going to land safely? So you, you think of all the worst. But I suppose one, one positive element of that was 
I suppose as a scientist, I wanted to investigate all about this. And I asked some colleagues in RCSI, but you know, who was the best person in the world to treat rhabdomyosarcoma? And they gave me the name of this doctor in the children's hospital in Philadelphia. So I got his details, I contacted him and he took a call from me and I, he, said, he said to me, well, look, who, who's looking after your son at the moment? And I says, well, you probably don't know him. It's a doctor called Finn Brannock. He says, I know him very well. Uh, he's one of the best clinicians in the world in this space. You're in safe hands. Right. We, like, we, we would have sold up. We would have moved to the States just to make this better. But he said, don't even think of that. You're, you're in safe hands, which was very reassuring. And, and it is the way things turned out. As, as Owen said, they, all of the consultants, all of the nurses, St. John's Ward, all of that, despite all the challenges, uh, they, they, um, they contributed hugely to, to a, you know, a successful outcome. How then did the Make-A-Wish come up? How, how did that come about? How did you hear about it? I suppose it, I better tell that bit because it was unknown to Owen that we were doing this in the background. Um, I, Owen mentioned the horrible uh, um, chemotherapy and we used to hate, it was every three weeks, and it was a really toxic mixture and they put the purple bag over the drip. And, um, mm. Owen would disappear from us, kind of really drift away from us during all of that and for hours afterwards. But one thing that happened every time was um, when he was coming out of the, the chemo, he would ask for a particular tape. His, his older sister, Aoife, had given him this tape of Rage Against the Machine. And uh, he would ask for this and put on the headphones. <laughs> it was possibly the last thing you'd imagine someone would want. <laughs> but um, so... I just and we started talking to him about it, and he had a great love for this guitarist Tom Morello. And anyway, um, I saw that Tom and his band, which was then Audio Slave, were coming to Dublin that June, June two thousand and three. And just a couple of days out, a couple of weeks out, I started looking to see could I get Owen to meet him without mm. Owen's knowledge. And I tried throughout. Even Jerry Ryan was alive at the time. Mm. I tried his show, and everything. everyone tried everything, and it just wasn't working out. And a few days beforehand, someone said to me, "Have you tried Make a Wish?" And I hadn't heard of them at this mm. stage. So I contacted Make-A-Wish and they did their level best. But they said, look, we have a process. We have to speak to consultants, doctors and so on. And um, uh, we'd look, sorry, we just can't do it. But we'd love to speak with Owen. So over to, over to Owen at that stage. Then Yeah, I think I had come home from school. And again, uh, you said to me about this Make-A-Wish organisation that someone was going to come out to the house. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really know much about them. Mm. I hadn't heard of them. Um, but they, I liked the uh, the sound of it and I think, <laughs> the, it's, so they, I started thinking about, you know, who, who I'd like to ask to meet. Uh, but it was kind of a no-brainer for me because I was just obsessed with this band Rage Against the Machine. It was all I did. I, I kind of couldn't play sport during my recovery from the chemo. So the playing the guitar was kind of my outlet. So it was just non-stop of that band. So, um, I said to them, I'd like to meet Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Um, so after the the uh, staff member from Make-A-Wish came out to our house, there, was, there must have been a period of a few months, I think, that passed. Yeah, they indicated um, that it was unlikely that they weren't Rage Against the Machine or Audio Slave were on a world tour. And, mm. you know, they had tried, but, you know, it was unlikely. And they actually asked Owen, was there a second option that you'd like... Yeah, yeah, which was, I said, I'd like a guitar. <laughs> and, and, and we thought that was it at that stage. And then uh, that was June, June, July. And then September, I was I was a physics lecturer in DCU at the time. I was in, in a lab teaching second year optics. 
and I got a, one of the technicians come over to me. There's a call coming through for you, and so I picked up the phone, and it was um, from Make a Wish saying that Mr. Morello had been in touch and wanted to invite Owen and the family out to LA to come to his studio to gig with him. So, so this was amazing. So. <laughs> I had to go back and finish the class, <laughs> and then, uh, well, you can remember what happened when I when I got home to tell the story. Oh yeah, it was mad because I had kind of um, it had been so long I'd kind of sort of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, and then just one random day, he came home from school, and you came home and said, "Oh yeah, so uh, Tom Morello wants us to come over and meet him." And I was just like, "That's what? mad!" So it was before <laughs> the days of social media and things. So I was immediately on the phone to some of my friends. I remember one of them calling over to my house and he was just like crying. He was like, this is insane <laughs> that this is happening. So, um, Yeah, lots was, of tears that night, yeah, I have to say. Yeah, because yeah. you know. yeah, it was just like, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Um, and so we didn't really know at that point what it was going to entail. Um, but they had contacted us then with a timeline. It was in October that year that they had arranged flights, Make-A-Wish had arranged everything, like we didn't have to do anything. They had booked the flights over to Los Angeles for us and uh, put us up in a hotel there. And um, then, will I talk you through the day of what happened? Just one thing. Yeah, your story. (laughs) The the day before we went out, I got a call, um, an email in from Tom Morello's people saying, um, what other bands does Owen like? I thought this was to give him CDs and so I thought it was really nice. Mm. I was saying, you know, Chili Peppers, Metallica, System of a Down, uh, Guns N' Roses. So, I mean, I didn't even tell Owen this, but yeah. I thought he was going to get this surprise. But so, back to Owen. <laughs> so, we, um, they picked us up at the hotel the day we were going to meet him and took us out to um, the, the band's recording studios. Um, so we arrived there in a limousine. My whole family was there, which was another great thing Make-A-Wish did. It wasn't just me. Mm. So everybody, everybody's involved in it, um, including my sister, who was also a massive, massive fan of this band. <laughs> so it was kind of like she got a Make-A-Wish too. Great. <laughs> um, so we went in and he was there and they had like uh, up on stage all the band's instruments and everything. And he was up on the stage. We opened the door and he just jumped straight down, came over and gave us all a hug introduced himself um, we chatted briefly and then he said oh come on up on stage and we just both got two of his guitars and just started playing wow. all, all his songs for ages and I had been playing his songs loads so I was pretty good at it so we could <laughs> play for ages and um, my the family all were all sitting there on the couch watching us play all his famous songs and then he said come on now we're, we've a few stops to make Again, we didn't know what was what was happening next, so we hopped in the car with him and went down Sunset Boulevard to this uh, vegan cafe. And we walked in, and straight away I clocked it. I could see there at one of the dining tables was the full band of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Rick Rubin, their producer. And wow. uh, so we got photos <laughs> with them, hung out with them a bit. And then Tom was like, "Come on out, we're on the clock." Back in the car, and um, took us to another studio. Went in there, and there was. Uh, Slash from Guns N' Roses was recording an album with his new band. So I like chatted to him for a while, got loads of photos again. And we hopped in the car again to another studio. And in this, this time System of a Down were in that one and um, practicing for their upcoming tour. Um, and that, that was a really great one because they were actually really my sister's favorite band. Aww. So like that was, she got loads of photos with them. Like that was like her Tom Morello was yeah. meeting them. So that was great. Um, 
And then what did we do after that? I think we went um, back to the studio. Yeah, and he he um, I said we thought it was kept thinking this is it, this it's over, yeah. it's over. And he says no, we'll go we'll go for a meal tonight. He said, and he met with oh, it, yeah. with, with yeah. his partner and uh, soon to be wife. And then he said, look, this was now the thirtieth of October. So he said, look, tomorrow night's Halloween. I'm having a big fancy dress party at my house. <laughs> we want you guys to come so you can take it from there. Right? Yeah, like that. He was, we then got a taxi up to his house in the Hollywood Hills. And uh, were you pinching yourself at this? Yeah, thing? yeah like you're 13. Because I, I thought that that day that was the wish, like that was it done. Yeah. So then the next day we're going out to party in this rock star's house. And I think my parents were real shocked, too, because they'd always heard me playing this music and probably stereotyped it as some rock star mm. troublemaker. But he was such a gent and he uh we arrived up at the house and all those people that I mentioned from the first day were all, of course, at his party. So, like, there was uh, part of his house, he had a had a studio and there was people just having drinks and playing songs and I was playing with all of them as well. So it was like a whole second wish day over again. Um, it was mad. Like, I wish we could have footage and relive all that because, it, again, it was before all social media and it was... Like, it was like a dream, the whole thing, you know. Um, so then that party ended and we met him again the following night with his family for dinner um, in a restaurant nearby. Um, and then after that, Make-A-Wish had organised a few kind of fun things for us to do in Los Angeles as well, which was really nice of them. And then we flew home after a week and have been on a high ever since. <laughs> and... You've stayed friends with them. That's the thing, haven't you? Like yeah. You've stayed in contact all down these years. Like this is, that was 20 years ago. Um, and I was texting him yesterday. So we're like still friends. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, he, he like, I wouldn't have time to tell you all the things that have happened over the 20 years. But some of the things like he came to play at Oxygen Festival in Punchestown in 2008 I just finished my leave insert and uh, he had us on the side of the stage during that whole gig. And I didn't know, the crowd didn't know this, but during one of the songs, he left over to me out of view and gave me the guitar and I, I played it <laughs> during it. So a lot, of, a lot of Rage Against the Machine fans got a raw deal during that song. Um, and another thing, a couple of years later from that, he invited us to his wedding in Italy uh, and got me to read one of the prayers during the wedding. So um, that was amazing as well. Just like, and there wasn't even many, there wasn't even a huge crowd at that. So that kind of struck a chord with us that we knew how close he, he mm. counted us as family members. Um, yeah. like, And, he's, and he's invited to your wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you really believe, the reason I think this is, you know, such an important story is you really believe it helped you get better, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. um it's my opinion, I don't have scientific evidence for it, but that this was impo as important as my chemo, my surgery and my mm. radiation therapy, that uh, having this like just a, uh, a, such a positive experience mm. is, is a part of the treatment process and the recovery. Um, and just because we kind of knew it was also something to look forward to mm. uh, and just a, a positive kind of outlet when I when other things weren't great, you know, it was, yeah, 
So it's, it's part of the whole process. You too, Brian. Like you think it was just a really important part of your young son's recovery. Yeah. Uh, no, I think so. I mean, it, as I say, we, we'd be fairly hard-nosed scientists and, mm. and look in terms of evidence. But I think certainly where, where there was darkness and fear and, and, and you know, this brought like hope mm. and, and positivity. And we saw the change in Owen and the spirit, his spirits being raised and then his ability to face what was ahead of him, you know, and it's. You know, I sit on the board of Barrettstone as well. They're very like this, and they, you know, there's there's clear evidence that play and positivity does have a beneficial impact. I think I think the experts have have looked at this, but certainly, the legacy of transformation for us, and I believe for for any other parents have spoken to who have been through this, and uh, the, it's hugely important. And that's why Make a Wish is so important. Mm-hmm. It is that transformative impact. And as we were preparing for this, I was talking to my wife about this, and you know. It was serendipity, as you know, that brought us into uh, engage with Make-A-Wish. And as parents, it's very easy to get consumed with all the details of appointments, medication and everything. You're dealing with all of this and just to encourage other parents to look at what Make-A-Wish can do for them. Because we certainly believe it is transformative uh, and the legacy of all of this is, is, is hugely positive. And it's amazing. It doesn't get government funding. Like it does something so amazing. And yeah, it's all based indeed. on people just helping them, volunteering. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Which is hard to believe. It's yeah. some, such an important organisation. You became a doctor yourself, Owen, a medical doctor. You're a urologist. Yeah. Yeah. In Tala. Do you think the experience of being so ill as such a young boy, do you think that made you think about medicine? Do you think you'd be a doctor if you hadn't been so sick so young? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I hadn't any interest in medicine. It was kind of um, the surgeon who operated me was a guy, Tim Fulcher is his name. And I thought he was so cool. I kind of decided I want, want to be a surgeon uh, based off him. And then the other reason was that the HSE looked after me so well, like Crum- the care I got in Crumlin was just so, so great. I kind of felt like I had a, a debt to repay. So that was that was kind of what made me decide to do that. And you seem you made a one hundred percent recovery. I'm looking at you now. You look the picture of health. Yeah. So like you are a great success story, really, aren't you? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So like I've I've made a full recovery myself. And my fiance had a baby six weeks ago. Oh, congratulations! Baby girl. Yeah, yeah. So What's her name? Lucy. Oh, fabulous! So uh, yeah, yeah. I I owe a lot to the health service, definitely. And Brian, interesting, you were saying before we went on air that just even preparing for this, it brings you back to a dark time, doesn't it? So just maybe for anyone listening who perhaps does have a child who's sick at the moment. Yeah, look, and we, we, we feel, I think, for the rest of our lives, Castle and myself, that, we, you know, there's a resonance with people. You know, every time you see a bandana on a child's head, you think, and, and it, it brings you back to think of those dark moments and... And you just feel such empathy for people going through this. It's very difficult. It's very bleak. And, you you know, as I say, you don't know where your plane mm. lands safely. But uh, I suppose I would I, I'd encourage people to just keep hope alive. And, and certainly um, through what we experience through the health system, system on the one hand, as, as Owen mentioned, but also through organisations like Make-A-Wish, like Barrettstown and so on that they, they can provide that light in the darkness, they can provide that hope and, and, and give you a chance to look to, a, look to a brighter future. Not everyone ends up with a brighter no. future and, and there are some really tragic outcomes. But um, the other good thing was, and Finn Bernock said this to us, that um, he said if, if Owen had got his cancer 
10 years beforehand he would not have survived. So medical treatment, chemotherapy, now some of, some of the, new, the new immunotherapy we're hearing about and some pioneering work in Ireland in that area, you know, it, it gives us hope, it gives people hope. So, you know, critically ill children, life-threatening illnesses, there are better possible outcomes now. But as I say, organisations like Make-A-Wish have a key role to play in that regard. And the lovely thing is, Owen, that, you know, it's their 30th anniversary Make-A-Wish this year, but they don't have any eligibility criteria. such. So for someone listening, I think, oh, my child wouldn't be able to do this. But they could, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think if if any parent listening has a sick child, I'd I'd highly recommend they engage with them because as I said it's it's a key key part of my whole recovery was down to what Make-A-Wish did um, and they're just such a helpful organisation I'd, I'd highly recommend any parent listening to, to approach them A point Owen made earlier on about what's very good about Make-A-Wish as well is they, they look at it as a family thing and I think that the family mm-hmm. carries the burden of a serious illness and the fact they look at it in this way and that the family benefits from the wish wherever it's possible. I think I think that's a that's a great philosophy in this regard. Mm. Um, we we ran one. I remember after it again, we felt a debt, and uh, I said to make a wish. If you know, at my time at DCU, if we could do anything, and again, one young, I think she was six year old, wanted to be a scientist for a day. <laughs> and it was so easy, and I mentioned it to the the staff and technicians in the science faculty in DCU, and they all, you know, they got the white coats, got the lab worked, and just able to do it. But again, you saw in the eyes of that sick child, all the pain, all the distress was forgotten for the day, and hope hope was regenerated there. And you could see it in the parents nearby as well, you know. So it's it's just such a good thing, It's um, and, and such a, a legacy of impact, I think, that it can have. Do you think Tom Morello knows how important he's been in your life, Owen? Um, yeah, I'd say he has some idea. I, there was one, one thing comes to mind when um, when I went to his wedding, I gave him a wedding gift of a electric guitar that I had made, and he, uh, his wife told me it was one of the only times she saw him in in tears, um, and I had engraved a message on it for him saying "comrades forever." Um, and he had given me a watch when I graduated medicine that had that engraved on it as well. So I think yeah. we, he probably knows. Yeah, I think he knows. We've told him. Yeah. <laughs> so. and lots of beautiful messages. People saying, Miriam, what a heartwarming story. Delighted for Owen and Brian. There was such a positive outcome in the end. Make-A-Wish is an incredible organisation. Another says, oh, wow, what a pair. So lovely to hear such a positive story, inspirational. And Deborah goes, Miriam, what a wonderful story. Great choice in music. I'm 50 and I love all those favourite bands. So like <laughs> it was interesting. But look, it was a pleasure to have you both here in today. And uh, you're heading to Galway. Is it a, a new hospital? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In three, three weeks time. And when are you getting married? In December. In Kilkee. Yes. That's yeah. going to be one happy day. Isn't Can't it? wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Lucy will be there, of course. She will. Six yeah. weeks old. She'll be older then. <laughs> um, thanks so much for coming in, Dr. Owen McCraw and Brian McCraw. Thank you so much. I always say you never know exactly what's going on in people's lives. No. You, ever know, you know them as one person, and then there's always these amazing backstories. So, Brian McCraw, Owen McCraw, wish you all the very best and have a wonderful wedding day. Thanks for joining us. We'll take a break. Thanks. Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1. 